Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table for episode number 497. You know, someone told me recently that with over 700,000 podcasts in existence on Apple Podcasts, only about 1% of them ever reach 500 episodes. So I'm kind of proud of the fact that we are on our way to episode number 500, just about a week and a half away. Uh, So keep coming back and learn more. Hey, today I am going to be talking with somebody who is another podcaster. I actually met Dennis Langley at the New Media Summit. I met him two years ago, first time I went to that podcaster's event, and uh, he's kind of an interesting guy. I've been kind of following him from the sidelines. He does a lot of things. Uh, There's not just one bucket I can put him into. So I think we're going to have some fun today. For those of you who kind of want to go into entrepreneurship and, and carve your own path in the world without necessarily having to have a single label. Because I don't think you could put a label around Dennis. He's doing a lot of different things. But before I get started, I have to thank the first sponsor of this episode. So human behavior, it's a complicated thing, especially when it comes to working and living together. But understanding why and how people behave in certain ways, especially in groups, that's what my friends, Dr. Josh Packard and Megan Bissell, that's what they do for a living. Their podcast is The Bias Disruption, and they answer questions like, what's the ideal team size? How do company cultures change? And and where does innovation even come from? Now, if you've ever wanted to make changes in a business, changes that last, I got to tell you, you got to be listening to The Bias Disruption. Megan and Josh, they use social science, real world experience, and humor to share useful insights, plus If you ever listen to the show, you know they play really nerdy games. So check out The Bias Disruption. So let's jump into episode 497 with Dennis Langley. So Dennis is a professional podcaster. He also has an SEO website called rankingmastery.com. And he goes around to schools and teaches kids safety, (coughs) uh, talks about bullying, keeps staying off drugs with a group called BMX Freestylers. Dream Team, BMX Freestylers Dream Team. It's a lot of words to put into one sentence. Uh, So he does all of these things. And in addition to this, he used to be a professional BMX rider. So I want to talk a little bit about that as well. So Dennis, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Well, Tom, thank you. This is uh, great. You are pretty sharp on the fly there. I'm so noticing <laughs> you're, you're doing all right here. Yeah. Um, it's really exciting. Uh, I know we've been trying to connect for a while now to do our show together and um, super excited to be here for sure. Well, it's one of those things you say you're good on the fly. Go back and listen to episode nine. I'm like a robot. Welcome <laughs> to cool thing. You know, it's like I read yeah. the whole thing. Now I just right. sort of get on with the guests and we play. So, yep. You know, I didn't really have, you know, like a formal bio of you. Plus, you're all over the map. So why don't you tell everybody who is Dennis and what do you do? Sure. So starting back to where I my origination is, is I used to be a professional BMX stunt rider. That's a guy that used to go around the world traveling as a professional for sponsors like Pepsi Cola, GT Bicycles, uh, doing stunts, doing stunts. You, you travel the world as a speaker. I used to travel the world as a bicycle stunt rider. So... I got the unique opportunity to do that. And with that uh, came so many great things that 
made me what I am today. Number one, obviously being a professional, you have to be the best at what you're doing. So I learned how to train. I learned how to practice. I learned discipline. Uh, I learned how to deal with sponsors. I learned how to deal with crowds. I uh, eventually learned how to speak on a microphone. So all these great things came from this professional athletic career. Uh, from there, I started a company which used to be called Perfection on Wheels, which is now uh, BMX Freestylers Dream Team. I sold that company in 2013, had a non-compete, had a few years I had to uh, do a non-compete, but uh, back in the business of helping schools, uh, helping schools educate their students in different ways, whether it's motivational, drug awareness, all these different things. So that led to, you know, each one kind of led to the next. But in that interim middle, I was introduced to podcasting. So that's actually how I met Tom. And uh, I learned how to podcast. I went to a conference, just like we all do, and saw this podcaster. And I said, I can do this. So <laughs> um, like you explained, I, I was a robot at first and learned how to do this amazing thing called podcasting. And we'll, I guess we'll, show, we'll share more about that later. Well, let's but talk really quick. Let me jump in. What's the name of your podcast and, and how many episodes have you done now? Yeah. So with a five-minute Bark podcast, and I've done 380 episodes. The five minute bark. It sounds like you got a dog in the background or something. How did that exactly, name come right? about? So one of my companies, uh, I started a website design company back in 2013 and I had no name. I just, I just had the random URL I bought for my dog, codydog.com. So, <laughs> and I started a company with that and I still had all the paperwork for it. I'm like, well, you know, I'll just use that as the parent company. I was like, well, how can I offshoot from that and five minute bark dog, you know? So I just kind of whipped that together. Knowing now, I would have definitely did a little different twist after <laughs> we learned about the trifecta this week. Um, but uh, yeah, so I started it and you know, I, I just kind of look at it as a playground. It was a way to learn how to podcast. It didn't, I couldn't really find any direction with it, but uh, I, somehow I became an iconic podcaster with it and the brand landed me on different shows like Grant Cardone and Russell Brunson coming on my show. And so it worked, it worked really well. Well, one of the things one of the things that I've learned is that, you know, the podcast has been a great way to get to interview really cool people who are doing interesting <laughs> things. And when you talk to successful people, you can't they can't help it. They have to leave a nugget, a theory, an idea behind. And so I say it on a lot of these episodes. The thing I ca have come to believe is like a one truth is success leaves clues. And the podcast has allowed me to get around a lot of successful people like you who've created their own path, which therefore it's become sort of like my own personal university that I get to share with the whole world. It's so true. I mean, you, I mean, I wish people could understand what you and I uh, have experienced on the microphone. I mean, whether it's tears or nuggets. Um, I mean, obviously you've done 400 or so, 497 episodes. I've done 380. I took about six or nine months off to kind of We'll talk about that later. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm going from sports athletes to, you know, healers to wellness people to uh, billionaires who invented the email to, you know, all these things, all these conversations. And I feel like I could, I could be anything or do anything and I can have a conversation with anybody about something and actually be intelligent about it. <laughs> Well, right. that, that leads into an interesting question because you can be anything and do anything because you've been very eclectic throughout your life. I mean, going back to obviously you probably started young with the BMX and getting into the stunts and then being sponsored, but you never really went and had a corporate job. So, you know, you can't ride BMX bikes forever. You get older and the stunts get harder and the, the competition gets younger, but you never went and worked for an insurance company or a bank. You've just sort of figured out how do I craft my own way? So, so how did that come about? It, 
it never came to be in the first place. So, you know, you go from riding a bike to, okay, you know, everything led to the next thing, um, Tom. It just led to the next thing. Uh, you know, obviously you have a talent in, in, in front of people. So you're going to land in, in the showbiz, right? So you've got the athletic ability. You've got the talent to talk to people. So you end up being in that area. And then all of a sudden you're a speaker. You're, you know, I've spoken in well over 4,000 crowds. Um, so you become a speaker. It's just all kind of defaulted, right? And then, well, you know, uh, you're too old to ride a bike. So you, now you have to keep this going. So now you become a manager. Now you become a marketer. Now you become an SEO person. Now, you know, it just, it's like, okay, this is next. Okay, this is next. <laughs> so um, I never experienced corporate. I just, the only experience I had with corporate is uh, my friends that are in corporate who want to inspire and be entrepreneurial in corporate don't do too well. <laughs> they end up with a severance package or, uh, yeah, it was nice having you around. <laughs> well, a lot of people who listen to this show, you know, they have a job. But one of the things I talk about I discovered after 20 years was my ladder was against the wrong wall. It was nice. I was successful in the corporate job, but it really wasn't fulfilling. It wasn't what I wanted to do. And a lot of people hear that and really resonate with that because they're going to work every day and they're like, oh, my God, my ladder is against the wrong wall. You never really put your ladder against a wall. You just sort of have, have gone out and, and sort of, you know, made your own way. So what advice do you have for people who they look at what you do and how you've just sort of pieced your life together successfully? What advice do you have for someone who wants to go that path? Well, first off, I want to commend them for, for working in that environment. It's not an easy environment to work in in the first place. You know, um, I don't know about it, but I hear about it. So I think on both ends, we both agree that it's really hard work on either side um, one's more comfortable, you know, one's, uh, you know, you, you know, you're definitely going to get a check. Uh, there is that difference of having somebody hand you a check versus just contributing as a team and getting a check. Um, you know, it's, that's one major difference between corporate and, and entrepreneurship. You have to literally convince somebody to hand you a check, whether it's a big one or a small one. I don't care if it's a dollar or a hundred thousand dollars or it's kind of the same, right? So, I remember trying to start my new company and even just trying to get somebody to opt in for a dollar was almost impossible. Like I might as well just go to $5,000. Right. So, so, um, but it, to be an entrepreneur, uh, you have to have a lot of energy. You have to have a lot of, um, get up, get knocked down and get back up, get knocked down and get back up. You know, I, there's, there's one thing that's kind of coming to my mind right now is I remember somebody sharing, uh, I might've even been, uh, Tony Robbins sharing about um, Michael Jordan, who would just practice his free throws to 99 until he, you know, just the fundamental basics of, of, of shooting a basketball. And that always resonated with me, even in my sports career or in podcasting or anything is like, you need to keep your fundamentals dialed in if, as an entrepreneurship. You know, you have to, cause you're, you're just going to run into a lot of turbulence and you need some way to fall too. And if you can hit that free show thought, that free show thought, shot, you can get that rebound of confidence, that rebound of moving forward. So having the fundamentals in place uh, really help start with entrepreneurship. So what do you love about your life now that, you know, I mean, you're getting a little older, you're, you're obviously not going to go apply at a bank at this point. What do you love about the lifestyle you've created? You know, I was thinking about this and how I was going to talk about this in your show as I was driving home to tune up my podcast studio here. Um, you know, Entrepreneurship to me has a has a meaning that at least I thought it was from the original. Now it carries many meanings, but entrepreneurship for me was being able to do anything I want to do. You know, I went to the gym this morning till 10 a.m. I went and walked at the beach till noon. 
came back here and uh, we're doing an interview together. Um, I do see a lot of entrepreneurs handling entrepreneurship as a corporate business. So I like entrepreneurship because I create or design a life instead of make a living. And I think Tony Robbins said that, design a life instead of make a living. And I really respect that and want to continue to do that. It's, it, it's amazing that you try to make an appointment with somebody and you have to go three weeks out to make an appointment to hang out to have coffee or something like that. Like, <laughs> your life is that busy and you're an entrepreneur? I don't know if that's entrepreneurship to me. Well, that's what I liked about you was last week. I said, let's get this thing scheduled. And we just scheduled it for four days later. And it's so interesting because I, I talked to somebody else the other day and they asked me to be a guest on their podcast. I said, great, the soonest, sooner the better. And she said, February 1st. And I laughed out loud. I thought, I, okay, but I don't know what I'm doing February 1st. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, again, that's a whole nother hat to wear. And I, I I command them, but I don't know if that's entrepreneurship in my dictionary. <laughs> you know, that sounds like if you don't have openings till February, well, you know, how does everything fit into your life? You know, I, I often think that people who are like trying to schedule for March, either either they're way overworked or they've inflated their own self-importance to some sort of a fictional level. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's how much money you put in the bank. My dad always said this. I know I'd always bragged to him. Yeah, dad, I'm doing this. I got, you know, I got a I I'm traveling to England and doing a great show and doing this and, and podcasting and this. He's like, how much money you put in the bank? <laughs> um, but, but dad, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, so it, it, the bottom line is, is you can hustle all you want, but how much is going in the bank? Right. And if you're, if you're de devoting your life till February, uh, there must be a lot of money in that bank. <laughs> <laughs> so what I, advice I then? What, what advice do you have for somebody? I mean, you've seen a lot of people who are just, you know, ladder against the wrong wall, struggling away. And they right. look at you and they're like, Dennis, you get to do whatever you want. What advice do you have for them? Work-life balance is super important. You know, uh, whether you're in the corporate world or in entrepreneurship, you really... Uh, especially now that I'm over 50, 51 years old, I really have to, I, I really understand that I know I can put an 18-hour day in. I've done it many times, but I don't. I quit around three or four o'clock unless I'm, you know, of course you got deadlines sometimes, right? But I really try to make sure that I have that work-life balance of health and, and so on and so forth. It's just really important to balance those out because you can get more done in a life in business in two or three hours than you can in 12 if your balance is there, if you're clear on what you're going to do. It's kind of like, you know, you kind of feel like you have to take that call. You kind of feel you have to reply to that email. But if you let them stack up enough, you can just get them all done in a half hour. And somehow, in some way, the world always will wait for you <laughs> if you have a good product. It'll always wait. I went to the mall the other day and people were waiting for the iPhone. If you have a good product, they will wait. And They'll be there for you. Now, I'm not saying that in an arrogant way. Don't this this again. There's differences between that, but yeah, you know, within reason, you know, you got to have a good work work life balance. Well, and I think it goes also the other piece to that is what you said when we started, and that is be the best, you know, at what you do. I think that you know if you combine what you just said with what you said earlier, I think you have a winning strategy right there. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I've always been, you know, obviously a, the competitive bike rider in me, you know, everything's a competition <laughs> and that's, that could be a bad thing and a, and a good thing at the same time. But I'm always, I'm all about winning. I'm all about, uh, being the best. And it's like, okay, I did great. Next. next wh where am I going here from here? Where am I going from here? You know, um, the, the world, I, the world loves change. It loves acceleration. It loves, uh, 
newness. So I just want to contribute to that as much as I can. So Dennis, one of the things I do when I go out and speak to companies is I talk about this gap that exists between potential and performance. And so I like to ask the people who come on the show, you've seen a lot of people go out there and start a business or, or working on selling a product or a service, and they have a lot of potential. And some of them go far with that potential, and some people just fall into the abyss. What do you think the difference is between people who succeed and people who just can't get started, even though they have potential? You know, I, I, I'm around that a lot in my life. I had a, one of my best friends had so much potential. He was, I, I almost feel like um, he had too much potential for his own good. And it's a tough question because if everything is just coming so easy to you, I, you know, I can't speak from that. I've always been the Larry <laughs> Bird where I have to work 20 hour days to, to get where I'm at. So I can't speak from that point of view. Uh, you know, just like I can't speak from a billionaire's point of view because I never had a billionaire. So I don't know what it's like to be a billionaire. You know, there's different things that come up, but, um, you know, if you feel like you have, you understand you have potential in something and you want to make a change in the world, or you want to contribute in some sort of way. Um, there has to be this one point where you draw the line and say, go for it. What, what do I have to lose? Um, America is an amazing place. You can go and do something really crazy. And, you know, you heard Steve stay on the sta stage this week. Is you, you can fail and you can just file bankruptcy. You don't get put in jail. You don't get beat up. Some guy's not going to come to your house and beat you with a gun. Um, it's the land of opportunity, literally. Yes, you'll go through stress. Yes, you may lose your house. You may not. You may lose your car. You may lose something. But that's always repairable. Within six months to a year, you can make that money back tenfold if you find the right thing you can do. Um, it's possible. You know, making six figures quickly once you've got your stride is not hard to do once you find that stride. It all goes back to fundamentals. You know, you make one shot, you get the confidence. You make two in a row, you get more confidence. You know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, a guy trying to find a girl. You go into the bar, you kind of get hot, you know, <laughs> and you kind of keep rolling with it, you know. But when you're down, you're down. But you've got to understand when you're down, you got to make one shot, you know. So I think that's really what I would say to people that have that potential is recognize it and recognize that um, because you have that and you've been so good at doing something so good that you should learn how to fall down and get back up. Yeah. Well, you know, that's been the story of my life is, you know, I, I, Steve told the story about getting sued for $6 million. I've never had that happen, but uh, I've certainly had, uh, you know, take two steps forward and one big step back and feel like you're starting over and then you just get up and take two more steps forward. Yeah. So, so, Dennis, I got a couple more questions for you. But first, yes. I have to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you could focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Dennis Langley. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Dennis, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. With all you're up to, what's the coolest thing you're doing in business right now? Well, you know, the cool thing I'm doing is doing businesses, but one of the things that I've learned that were really cool is that's helped them all on my businesses, except the podcasting, because I haven't implemented it yet, is, is the fundamentals of SEO and how that's helped me be automated 
So having three businesses, there has to be some sort of automation in, in all of them because you can't focus on all of them. So I learned how a great friend of mine showed me how to do SEO some years ago. And um, I keep following, you know, I tried to do the social media thing. I tried to be that Facebook Live guy and <laughs> I tried really, really hard to be that that guy. And I wasn't that guy, you know. Uh, so a year ago, I, I had to refocus on my life and go where, again, kind of going back to where my, my basics are. And I was like, you know, SEO has always worked for me. You know, it's always gotten me the attention. It doesn't, it doesn't roll in tons of cash, but it gives you, you know, some, some help. So that was one of the things. Another thing is creating relationships. I love to make sure that every customer is happy. Uh, it's, I just one, launched one uh, the BMX Freestylers Dream Team thing last year, and I'm happy to say that I've got five returning customers this year. That's incredible. I'm really, I'm proud of myself, and I'm proud of my team for doing that. Like, that's you know, say they're a thousand, two thousand dollars a client. That now exponential going forward, the investment was worth it. So, but it was all about creating the relationships, making sure that they were happy, and I think that's really a cool thing that's overlooked. A lot of people overlook creating relationships because they're always after the next dollar. They're well, always. And we live in a world where everybody has gotten so seduced by all the social media. We think a like, a link, a share, and a follow is worth something. But if there's no real relationship behind it, I mean, who cares? When's the last time, you know, someone you didn't know on LinkedIn sent you a lead? Probably never. However, when you have a relationship with somebody and you're connected to them through these tools, that's where the magic happens. Again, it works really, really well for those that it works really, really well for. It didn't work really well for me. I had 5,000 awesome friends. I deleted it and two people reached out. Mm -hmm. So what was the value there? What was all that time and effort I was putting in hours and hours a day? How much was going into my bank account? Yeah, maybe I maybe made $50,000 give or take in there somewhere. You know, if I was counting, I'm not, don't hold me to that number and maybe more, maybe less, but over two or three years, that's nothing. It's, it's like a waste of time, you know? Whereas you could jump on a phone for three hours a day and you can make that no problem, you know? So again, it's, it, it works really well for some, but it's time consuming and you have to create a, a persona of who you are on that area and you're competing with people that are really good at being fake. <laughs> <laughs> and some people are really good at it. I was at a, a conference the other day and I met this woman, not the conference we were at when I was at the week before. And I met this woman and she introduced herself and I said, what do you do? And she said, oh, I'm an influencer. And then she proceeded to tell me because she was asking me how you weed out like being on podcasts that don't have enough listeners. And I'm like, I don't know if you have time, just say yes. And she goes, well, then they want you to tweet about it. She goes, and I don't use my list for anybody who isn't bigger than me. And I wanted to barf in my mouth when she said that. It's like, oh, come on. You know, did nobody help you when you were on the way up? And then I looked at how many followers she had, and it was like 60,000 Instagram followers. And while that's a lot more than I have, that's not really what I call an influencer. But she was very proud of herself. Yeah. You know, we, and we both returned from the New Media Summit, which is an incredible crowd. Um, you know, for you and I, there's not too many people there that resonate with our businesses. But I briefly here and there spoke about my new company. Um, and I got this, I don't know if you can read it, but one lady sent me a card saying, I want to invest in you. Oh, that's very nice. Right? That's very nice. So for that lady that doesn't care about how many people, I got five cards from five people, I think. Sure. Four or five cards. And 
<laughs> you know, one was from you. <laughs> one was from you. So that's four. Uh, four cards and three of them were invites on podcasts and one was that lady right there. That's nice. Um, so you never know who's in your audience. Yep. You know, yep. there could be that's two people listening and those two people are dying to meet somebody new. Yep. That's awesome. And what a great term. I want to invest in you. That just sort of warms the heart when you say that to somebody. Yeah. That's, I mean, who knows where it's going to go, but yeah. the fact is, is opportunities there, right? That, there you go. I think that's awesome. So I ask everybody who comes on the show, uh, I always like to ask them, who is it that you admire in the world of entrepreneurship? Because let's face it, we could talk about you and your businesses and all you've done. We go and talk more about BMX racing and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, I think great entrepreneurs, I think they're observers. And I think that's one of the best lessons we get on the show is when pe people have all kinds of different answers. So who do you admire? God, as an entrepreneur, God, I might, I'm, I might get kicked off your show for this one. I don't know. I, I, I think our president is the most entrepreneurial, amazing person ever. Um, there's, there's no wrong answers. We don't get political, yeah. but there's no yeah. wrong answers at all. Uh, so why do you, because, why do you think that? Because he's helping the world understand polarity, and people are thinking that that's bad, and and they should shun him or shun anybody. But when you're in your own corner with people that do things that like you do, and don't do it. That's fine. That's a good thing. The law of attractions evolved around it. Churches were evolved around it. But um, because it's somebody saying that, that they don't like, they don't, they don't see that. And um, he doubles down on what he is. You know, I, I've had over 150 life coaches on my show and they'll tell me, double down on who you are. Don't be afraid to be who you are. And, um, you know, I don't like a lot of things he says. I can't even believe he says some of the things he does. And, you know, <laughs> I can disagree with a lot of things that he said, but he doubles down on who he is and he's made me double down on who I am. I, I you know, uh, you can get scared trying to be yourself and say what you really want to say sometimes. I mean, the world's out to get this guy <laughs> and he still doubles down. He could get killed at any time, but you have to respect that. Uh, and again, I'm not looking for people to respect him and respect what he's showing us uh, in this world um, that, that you if you believe in something, go for it. It may not be right. It may not be wrong. That doesn't matter. But uh, Steve Jobs would look at that the same way. You know, everybody kind of forgets that. Um, Carnegie was looking at it the same way. Um, all these revolutionary people in our lifetime were the same kind of people. They were, they were doubling down on what they believed on. And that's why we have electricity. That's why we have steel. That's why we have bridges. That's why we have all these different things. Uh, but if you go back in time and look at these people, they were, they were disgraced. They were awful people, but they doubled down. I'm not saying they're great or good, but uh, they showed us that if you want to do something powerful, you got to double down. Awesome. No, good answer. Yeah. Hey, the last question I always ask people is, is what do you do to help others? Because I think that that's another thing. If we get to design our own lifestyle as we go through life, another great thing is, you know, we get to help others along the way. So, so how do you impact the greater good? Yeah, you know, I was listening to your, your, a couple of your episodes and I was like, you know, I don't have any kind of, uh, charities that I give to or anything like that. But I do help uh, the people that work for me. I make sure that when they work for me, they learn something that they can move on in life with. They can take it somewhere else. I don't try to own people. Um, I try to help people. And the reason my company is called BMX, one of my companies called BMX Freestylers Dream Team is because some of the people that are actually doing the shows for me now saw me 20 years at their school, huh. 20 years ago at their school, and the dream came true. So they're nice. on and doing shows with me. So my philanthropy has, has been in sharing that, uh, you know, 
you're doing this not only to make money, you're doing this to, to give, but uh, you know, make sure that you're doing it so people can pay it forward. Absolutely. So Dennis, does somebody listen to the show and they're like, I got to know more about this Dennis guy. How do they find you? And how do they find your podcast? Yeah. So, uh, well, my full exposure is on my rankingmastery.com website, which is my uh, SEO website builder thing. Basically, it's a website for people to build websites without knowing how to do websites. That's pretty <laughs> cool. But yeah, my phone number, my email address is on there, right? Point blank out there. Um, I don't really check social media anymore. I have a Facebook account, but it's not for, it's only for my athletic people. I don't take on anybody else besides athletes. Uh, I'm not, I just want that to be that space. As I told you, I kind of got rid of that social uh, thing because all they do is talk about BMX and and freestyle and tricks and stunts and there's nothing else besides that. And (laughs) we're all in our own little, um, you know, hideaway. So, yeah. Awesome. And then they can find the five minute bark. Everywhere podcasts are offered, I assume. Yes, on iTunes, 5-Minute Bark Podcast. Absolutely. Yep. Awesome. And that's at 5MinutePark.com. 5MinutePark.com. Awesome. Well, Dennis, thank you so much for being a guest here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you. And thank you to everybody who tuned in. I say it every single episode. If it wasn't for the audience, there'd be no show. So do me a favor. If you like the show, tell a friend. Uh, I talk to people all the time. How'd you find the How'd you find the podcast? Oh, my sister told me or my boss told me. So if you like the show, go tell somebody else. We're trying to grow it. We're coming down three episodes away from episode number 500. So uh, you can go back into the archives and listen to a lot of good ones. We've got some new stuff coming ahead. Uh, so every day, go out there and try something new. My motto in life is try new things. Uh, it's changed my whole life in the last three years since I've started saying yes to different things. So go out there and try something new. And while you're at it, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.